रहा है हिंदी सिनेमा का सबसे बड़ा ब्लॉकबस्टर तो माकेदार होगा एंटरटेनमेंट जब करण जोहर आयुष्मान खुराना और मनीष पॉल होस्ट करेंगे फिल्म फेयर की शानदार रात फिल्म फेयर के मंच पर होंगे रणबीर कपूर करीना कपूर खान कार्तिक आर्यन वरुण धवन जानवी कपूर और सारा अली खान के इलेक्ट्रीफाइंग परफॉर्मेंसेस तो हो जाइए तैयार फॉर हिंदी सिनेमा बिगेस्ट सेलिब्रेशन वॉट द सिक्सटी नाइन्थ फिल्म फेयर अवार्ड ट्वेंटी विद गुजरात टूरिज्म ऑन संडे एटीन फेब्रवरी नाइन पी एम उंगली ऑन जी character who furthers the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. The shadow uses his hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so that they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the unseen voice of the shadow belongs. Today's story, Mansion of Madness. <laughs> Home. I didn't expect it would be, did you, Lamont? We didn't think we saw a light as we came up the road, Margo. I'm so glad. What in the world is a medieval castle doing in this country, Lamont? Oh, you know how castles get around. Now, I'm getting useless, Margo. No one seems to... Well, at last. Come on, Margo. Oh, well, how do you do? We, uh... You will please come this way. <clears throat> Thank you. Come on, Margo. Come on. I uh, I hope you'll pardon our intruding on you here. We uh, we stall down the road. You will please be seated. <laughs> Thank you. As uh, I started to say, we will stall down the road. I will strike a light. Thank you. Our car was stopped. now. I will call the master. Thank you. <clears throat> Margot. Would you be interested in hearing how we were stalled down? You will please be seated. <laughs> nice, pleasant little man, wasn't he? Did you see his face? I saw half of it. That's all he has. One side is as flat as a coin. No eye, no ear. Yes, I saw it plainly enough, Lamont. Look at this room. There's only hollow flambeau on the wall. Everything seems so musty. Oh. Oh, Lamont, let's get out of here. Tell me, I don't like this. Careful, Margot. Someone coming. Miss Margo. Good evening. My man tells me you've had trouble with your car. Yes, we uh, stuck in the mud up the road a bit. I know this is an awfully late hour. Oh, no apologies, please. It is often that visitors come to Bellhausen, even by accident. Permit me to introduce myself. I am Caldus Madisal, uncle of Millicent Cantleford, present mistress of Bellhausen Castle. On her behalf and on my own, I welcome you. Thank you. Montessor, Miss Margot Lane. Charmed, Miss Lane. How do you do? Mr. Cranston, Mr. Montessor. How do you do, sir? Delighted, Mr. Cranston. May I ask him what way I can serve you? I'd like very much to use your telephone. I want to call a garage. Telephone? We have no such thing here. No telephone? Nothing new has been put into this castle since it was built in 1640, nearly 300 years ago. 300 years ago? That's correct. 
Alhutton was built by Sir Austin Cantlebit in the early 16th century. Would you uh, step over here a moment, please? Oh, yes. Yes. Come on, Mary. Yes, this is a portrait of Sir Austin. Hmm. Interesting-looking character. He was forced to flee his native land because of political differences. He built this castle in the hope that he could create in this new land a replica of his ancestral estate. And, uh, did he find happiness? Come here to this window. You see that tower? It's a bit difficult, surrounded by mist as it is. I, I don't quite... Oh, yes, 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 I see. Sir Austin was found hanging by a rope from its rafters. Suicide. Oh, hard. There's a superstition that has come to Balhattan ever since. A superstition? About Sir Austin's death? There are those who claim that the tragedies of Balhattan recurred just as they happened originally, right down to the present day. <coughs> what was that? Well, I pay no attention, Mr. Cranston. Don't be frightened, Miss Lane. It's a girl. What's wrong with her? <coughs> Millicent, go back to your apartment, child. Millicent. The mistress of Balhattan. Millicent. It's here. It's not in my imagination this time. It started in her dressing room. It moved across the east balcony and down the service stairs. You know there's not been a cat in Balhauden since your mother passed on. Only that one, Uncle. That one. Now, Millicent, have you ever seen a cat here? No. But I hear it. Wailing just as a pretty and I found poor mother. Oh, oh. Come, my dear, you're fighting our guests. Then, oh. Mr. Johnson, permit me to present Miss Millicent Chantelford. Miss Chantelford. My dear, we're intruding horribly. Well, I hope you won't think me ill, dear. Oh, not at all, Miss Millicent. Miss Lane and Mrs. Cranston have had a bit of an accident. They came here for help. An accident? Oh, my dear, you're not hurt. Nothing serious, Miss Millicent. Our car is stuck in the mud. We're unable to go any further. Then by all means, you must take care of me. It's very kind of you, Miss Millicent, but I, I think we'll push on to the nearest village. I'm afraid that's not feasible. The nearest house is ten miles away. Well beyond the moor. Ten miles? You couldn't the only one way out. You must permit us to offer the hospitality of Dalhouse. Why, that's very kind of you, but I think... You're most welcome. I'll have my man prepare rooms for you. And it's very late, Millicent. You must be off to bed. Yes, Mr. I'm not afraid now that I know there are others in the castle. Good night, Miss Good night, Mr. Thompson. Good night, Miss Millicent. Good night. I believe I owe you both an explanation. You see, the child had a frightful shock several years ago. Shock? Yes. Her mother was paralyzed during the latter years of her life. Being quite extensive, she lived here alone, unattended. Millicent was at school in Europe. For many months, Millicent received no answer to her letters. So she came back to Valhauden and found her mother's skeleton in this room. Seated in a wheelchair, her only companion beside her, a cat. Well, that, uh, that explains this, 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 the cat thing. Oh, it explains many things, Mr. Cranston. The voices she hears. The departed chances were too, in her distorted imagination, returned to Bellhausen. Oh, the poor girl. Oh, I'm sure this all must be very trying to you both. I'll hurry uh, Sibu along with your room. Make yourselves comfortable. I'll be back directly. Yes, sir. Thank you. Oh, well, Margo, it's not a pretty situation, is it? Definitely not. What can we do? I'm not sure, Margo, but I'd like to stay. In fact, I must stay. Wow. Well, Margo, it seems that many invisibles walk the halls of Belhausen. Tonight, there will be one other. The shadow.
Okay. Don't be afraid, Miss Medicine. I mean no harm. What do you want? To help you. If help is possible. I'm afraid. I don't recognize your voice. You say you're a friend. What's your name? I have no name, really. I'm called the Shadow. I don't understand. Are you one of the visions? No, not one of the visions. Please let me explain. I'm a living, breathing mortal just like you. But I possess a hypnotic power through which I can create a mental mist that makes me invisible. Then you're not... You're not one of them. Them? It's fantasy. You're not sure. not... Oh, Barton. There's nothing supernatural about me, Miss Millicent. These... These cattle that you speak of, they're dead. Oh, yes, but they come back. They come back to Dal Howden with every change of the moon. With every change of the moon? Have you seen them? I've seen old Barton. Just as he was, the night of Hindu servants through the night of his present children. A Hindu servant, did yes. you say? Why? Oh, nothing. Uh, tell me about old Barton. Who was he? He was my grandfather. The last mayor in Cantleford life. You say he was killed? Yes. It happened on the main staircase. Old Barton had just come from a hunt on the moon to his Mahon. Now, tell me exactly what it is you've seen. It's murder. Just as it happened 18 years ago. At first, I hear his hound howling there on the moon. Then I hear his footsteps on the stairs. Climb slowly to the first landing. Then he stops short. His hand goes to his throat. He makes a gurgling sound and turns and topples down the stairs. Has anyone else seen this? Anybody but yourself? No. And nobody believes me either. I don't suppose you do. I believe you're sincere, Miss Millicent. Everybody humors me like I was mad. Sebo was rude enough to smile when I told him about the vulture. Vulture? Oh, of course. You don't know about that. It perches in the tree just outside that window. It comes when old Barton does. Nothing I do will drive him away. It just sits there. It's hollow eyes staring at me. Emitting horrible tongues. You're positive you see all this, Miss Millicent. I mean, there could be no mistake. Uh, there you, you see, you dug me off. You said you wanted to help me. How do you think you can? I don't know. I'd hope there might be a way, but frankly, I'm bewildered. I just don't know. Will you please explain to me why we've been called a court? I've told you, Margaret. Mr. Montefiore has asked us to testify to what we saw and heard that night at Belhousen Castle. But why have we been waiting here all this time? Why can't we just go in and tell what we saw and get out of here? Because the court isn't in session. They've declared a recess. A recess? Oh, ridiculous. Schoolboy stuff. <laughs> I'll bet you that if women were running these places, things would happen a lot faster than they do now. Uh, now, wait a minute. I seem to recall a few shopping with you, my dear. Oh, well, that's different. And the people that hang around here. Look at them. Pure criminal types, every one of them. Well, who, for instance? Well, that man who just came out of that room, for instance. That man there? Yes. Darling, that's the judge. Oh. The court is reconvening this one time. You have heard the testimony of Margot Lane and Lamont Francis. 
two unimpeachable witnesses. Mom, this is horrible. We've been summoned to this courtroom to help send that poor girl to an institution. We couldn't help ourselves, Mother. We had to tell what we saw and heard at the Houghton that night. Oh, poor Millicent. She looks so alone and deserted. It is quite obvious defendant Millicent Chandleford is of unsound mind. Evidence proves that beyond a question of doubt. My client, Paul Montesol, has exercised extreme patience in caring for this unfortunate girl. Now he feels that for her own good, she should be placed in an institution where she can receive proper professional attention. That's not so. That's an infernal lie. So it's as susceptible as anyone in this courtroom. Quiet, quiet in the car. Oh, Robert, my darling. Silence. Young man, what is the meaning of this outburst? I'm sorry, Your Honor, but I just couldn't figure out all these lies any longer. If caught, please. Uh, uh, just a moment, Counselor. A man, come up here. Yes. Now, what is your connection with the defendant in this instance for? What? She's the girl I love. She's the girl I hope to marry. Until her uncle, Mr. Montesol, shut her away from me. Your Honor, this boy is simply a disgruntled, rejected suitor. I demand Rejected it. by whom? By Millicent? All right, I'll show you how much of a rejected suitor I am. Millicent, Millicent, tell him you love me. I do, Robert. I love you with all my heart. There. So you see, Judge? Your Honor, I object to this display. Judge, let me take Millicent away. Let me marry her and give her the protection and affection she deserves. Young man, I wish the problem before the court could be settled that easily. <laughs> it pleases the court. I would like to proceed with argument on a motion to put this girl in an institution. It pleases the court to recess for ten minutes. Perhaps we can resume in a more sedate atmosphere. Everyone would stand up as the judge the Margo, I have an idea. And I think it can be executed by the shadow. Judge, shadow, whoever you are, this is an impossible thing you ask. I'd like to do it for you. Lord knows you've done enough for law and order. But I've got to hand down a decision. Time the girls commit these papers today. Give me two days' time, Your Honor. Just two days' postponement. But I just can't grant postponement on nothing. Your Honor, you've got to give me some time to accomplish my job. Well, please, Your Honor. Tell you what I'll do. Yes? I'm probably a sentimental old fool, but I'll give you 24 hours. So I'm not back to something definite in that time. I'll have to commit the girl. 24 hours? That's all. Perhaps it will be sufficient. There's a change in the moon tonight. What in blazes has that to do with the case? Maybe nothing, Your Honor. Maybe everything. <laughs> it's funny, Miss Lane, the way things changed in just a few hours. Today, when you and Mr. Cranston were sent to fight, I was sure I could go on hating you both for the rest of my life. We were in a bad spot, Robert. Well, but I can see now just how Marisol made use of your visit to Bellhouse. What is the sort of a break he was looking for? Two prominent people like you to bear out his contention that Millicent was mad. I saw that, Marisol. He'd make a nice trophy for a hunting room. I think you're incorrigible. Hey, we're getting near Bellhouse. Don't you think we'd better go over what we're expected to do, Mr. Cancer? There's not much to it, Robert. You and Miss Lane will wait in the car. I'll get into the castle somehow. And I'll open the side door under Millicent's apartment for you and Miss Lane. But we must move quickly before Montessor notices us. Sounds simple the way you tell it. How are you ever going to do it? I let you in on a little secret, Robert. I do it all with Miller. Without, without Uncle Charles' testimony. Now, don't give me the credit, Miller. Mr. Cranston did it. I don't know how, but he turned the trick. 
Well, Mr. Sampson, the important thing is you and Miss Lane are here. And you'll drop my darling. It's all it's time. Darling, I don't know what I'm trying to do, but... Listen. Jack, it's here. It's starting again. Now, don't be frightened, darling. You won't face it alone tonight. There's a change in the moon. You'll all be here. You know, old boss won't be coming across the moor here. There's hounds. He's right here in the castle. Oh, yes. Your mother's coming back to be stuffy because the look. Look. What is it, Robert? Down the tree, up by the window. It's the vulture. Vulture. Right close to the window. He's almost within you. Robert, let me have that letter opener. They're on the desk. All right, I'll get it. What are you going to do, Lamont? I'm going to try my hand at the gentle art of knife throwing. Here, young. Okay, you ought to do it. Shot and head. Yeah, it's fine, Robert. All right. There. Step back, Mongo. I'm over here, Mongo. All right, Mr. Crafton, let her go. Oh, a bullseye. You suck it right in his breast. Yeah. Silly sit and squawk. Interesting. Very interesting. I couldn't find it. You can't get rid of him. There's nothing you can do. You always wait for old Bob and Close the window, Robert. Cut him out. No, wait. I hear something out in the moor. Now, you hear that? It's the ground. The movie cracked the moor. Old Bob is with him. He'll be here in a minute. They're coming this way. Oh, Robert. It's all right. It's all right. I don't see how anyone could live in a place like this and still hold on to their sanity. Others have reasoned that way, Margot. You mean mine, shall I say? I don't exclude him. Yes? I think I heard somebody moving about downstairs. Yes? Margot, put out that number. I'm going out in the hall. I don't want the light to stream through. All right. Now, quiet while I open the door. Oh, wait a minute, Mr. Cranston. I'm going to... All right, Robert. Open up. Easy, boy. Step through, Robert. Right. Now, close this. Follow me. Robert. Yes? Drop down behind this balustrade. We can see the stairs from behind. Mr. Crest. Yes? Look, we're coming around that car. And that's our man. Now, watch it. Old Martin? Maybe. No. Keep hiding. Near the lake. Be ready to run, Robert. But what are we going to do? Head him off before he can get to that big black stone at the bottom of the stairs. Wilson, look, he stopped on the landing. Ready now? Oh, Barton choked and then he falls down the stairs. Come on, Robert. Stop! Stay where you are! Stop, I say! Look out, Mr. Cranston. Grab it! I got him! No use, mister. We're on to your hope. Out of the way, Robert. Come here, Bill. There. You've got enough, Mr. Gosher. Oh, no, eh? You got him, Strath. You nailed him right in the butt. Robert, Robert. No, it's all right. Don't worry. Robert, check work. Who is he, Lamont? I don't know, Margo. We'll see. Strike a match, Robert. I'll turn him over. Sure. Boy, you should have seen that sock, Mr. Crafton gave All right. Now, we'll see who the... The half-faced man. Evil. Robert. Yes, Mr. Crafton? Take Millicent to her apartment. Margo, you come with me. All right, Millicent. Let's go. Come on, Margo. Oh, what's next? I want to look at that boat. Please, right outside this door. All right, Margo. After you. Thank you. There. There's our charming feathered friend. Still perched and still imperturbable. And still possessed of that confounded voice. Margo, take a look at this. What is it? A wire? Yes. And if I'm not mistaken, it. Well, let's give it a yank and see what. <clears throat> My, what a long tail he has. Long copper and properly insulated. Come on, just a minute, Margo. There. There we are, Margo. Mr. Vulture's in it. Hot, 
soul and mind are all encased in this little device. It's like a radio loudspeaker. That's exactly what it is. I had no idea Vulture was such a deceitful creature. Margot, you take the car, drive to the village, and phone the police. Don't let them know who you are. But tell them to get out here right away. What are you going to do? I'm going to follow this wire. It'll probably lead to one of those abandoned guardhouses at the ends of the moor. Tell the police to watch for a flashlight signal. And rush to the location and hold anybody they may find there. The shadow is going to find the human vulture at the other end of this line. All right, Simpson. The vulture wants more. Longer this time. The sea blue signal to take it down and bring it in. Okay, Monica. Here goes. Fine. We can disconnect the microphone now. Don't you want me to do the hounds again? Yes, at the talk. I get sounded as they're coming back across the moor. Go ahead, the speaker's open. <laughs> what was that? Did you do that, Stevenson? No. Keep him over there by the door of the hut. That laugh is not in Stevenson's repertoire of impersonation, Montesol. Stevenson, what in thunder is this? You see anybody? I'll answer for him, Montesol. He can't see me any more than you can. Well, who are you? I am the Shadow. Shadow? Oh, yes, I've heard of you. Quite an elaborate array of insanity-producing machinery you have here. What do you mean? This is a simple portable broadcasting outfit. We're radio amateurs, that's all. Hey, yeah, sure, that's all. Amateurs at radio, but professionals at crime. I'm afraid you're making a mistake. You're the one who's made the mistake, Montessor. You made the mistake of thinking you could drive Millicent Chancellor mad. Or at least make her believe herself mad. This is ridiculous. I don't know what you're talking about. Your denials don't interest me, Montessor. I'm only concerned with destroying your plan. Your control over Mill, not Chancellor and a fortune is at an end. What's that? A couple automobiles coming along East Drive. The police, Montessor, coming for you and your impersonating confederate. The police. Come on, Stevenson, run for it. Come on, let's go. Run, Montessor, run to your doom. Yeah, the old castle looks a lot different than it did the first time we came here, eh, Margot? So glad those kids are getting married. She looks very lovely in that wedding gown, doesn't she? Mm. Say, are you listening to me? Yes. Yes, I was just thinking. What about? What would happen if you were ever married? Now, Margo. Oh, don't be alarmed, Lamont. This is pure supposition. I was just thinking of you walking up the aisle just as Robert is now. Yeah? Ready to take the sacred vows that would endure for the rest of your life. Yes, Margo. And all of a sudden... Somebody would shoot the best man, the minister would fall down poisoned, and the bridesmaid would be stabbed, and you'd be off again on another case that would bust up the whole darn thing. Today's program is based on a story copyrighted by The Shadow Magazine. All the characters and all the places named are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Shadow Magazine is on sale at your local newsstand. The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs>